man. Our gospel reading this morning comes from the gospel according to Matthew, chapter 4, verses 12 through 25. Now when he heard that John had been arrested, he, Jesus, withdrew into Galilee, and leaving Nazareth, he went and lived in Capernaum by the sea, in the territory of Zebulun and Naphtali, so that what was spoken by the prophet Isaiah might be fulfilled. The land of Zebulun and the land of Naphtali, the way of the sea beyond the Jordan, Galilee of the Gentiles, the people dwelling in darkness have seen a great light. And for those dwelling in the region in shadow of death, on them a light has dawned. From that time, Jesus began to preach, saying, Repent, for the kingdom of heaven is at hand. While walking by the Sea of Galilee, he saw two brothers, Simon, who is called Peter, and Andrew, his brother, casting a net into the sea, for they were fishermen. And he said to them, Follow me, and I will make you fishers of men. Immediately they left their nets and followed him. And going on from there, he saw two other brothers, James, the son of Zebedee, and John, his brother, in the boat with Zebedee, their father, mending their nets, and he called them. Immediately they left the boat and their father and followed him. And he went throughout all Galilee, teaching in the synagogues and proclaiming the gospel of the kingdom and healing every disease and every affliction among the people. So his fame spread throughout all Syria, and they brought him all the sick, those afflicted with various diseases and pains, those oppressed by demons, those having seizures and paralytics, and he healed them. And great crowds followed him from Galilee and the Decapolis, and from Jerusalem and Judea, and from beyond the Jordan. This is the word of God for the people of God. May the words of my mouth and the meditations of each of our hearts be pleasing and acceptable to you, O God, our rock and our redeemer. I read and listened to the news this morning, as I do many mornings, and I consider this a spiritual practice, a type of prayer, because it is hard to read the news without finding yourself in conversation with God. Sometimes it's lament or anger, but I always find a need to connect with God when I'm reading about all the things happening around the world, the wars and earthquakes and elections and fires. And because of that, I'm thankful that scripture is not silent about hard topics like war and violence, abuse and loneliness, poverty, physical and mental illness, racial injustice, sexism, and so much more. When Isaiah talks about the people who have walked in darkness, that's what he's talking about. We have all both caused and been victim to darkness in the world. We like to call it sin. And the yuck in the world is kind of subtle, in today's gospel passage, but it's certainly there. We like to focus on the part where Jesus calls the disciples in this passage, because then we can sing, here I am, Lord, and get all excited about following Jesus, too. And don't get me wrong, because I love that hymn, and you should all definitely be excited about following Jesus. But let's take comfort 
in the fact that scripture isn't all pretty and glossed over, but it's about the real and dangerous world into which we follow Jesus. Hope means so much more when it is offered in the midst of the less than ideal. In today's passage from Matthew, Jesus finds out about the arrest of his cousin, John, who just baptized him. This arrest will ultimately lead to John's death, and whether Jesus knew that at the time or not, it was certainly a real possibility. What's interesting is Jesus' response to this news. He doesn't go straight out to gather disciples and start the mission. There's another step in between. He withdraws. And when he withdraws, he goes to this weird, fringy place that people don't really like that much. There's a reason, the scripture says, where specifically he went. He went to what is called in other scripture the land of Zebulun and Naphtali. This is a clear message from the gospel writer that Jesus did not come to help the most powerful or desirable. Capernaum is way up north at the northern end of the Sea of Galilee. It's about a four-day walk from Nazareth if you have good hiking shoes and a clever guide like I did. It's a place that for many years in the history of Israel was captured again and again and again by invading forces until its identity was no longer associated with the rest of, of um, the people in that area. The language in scripture is not that Jesus just popped in there for a few days either. He made a home there. He settled in Capernaum for a while. It's not terribly clear for how long he was there, but it seems to indicate that he was there long enough to set up a household and, and get to know the community, know his neighbors, learn about the people of Capernaum. And then he begins to gather his followers and begin his ministry. He settles in a bit, gets his bearings, lives in community with the people around him. Only then is he ready to begin his ministry. This passage from Matthew is easy to skim or skip because we just had the baptism, which is really exciting, and we just had the temptation, which is also really exciting, and we're preparing for the Beatitudes, which are what come up next. The Sermon on the Mount is really exciting. It's this big chunk of what Jesus had to say and to teach. And all Jesus does here is call a couple of disciples to follow him, at least on the surface. But these easy-to-skim, easy passages have so much rich meaning underneath if you really dig in. You guys, this is where Jesus starts his ministry. And if you think about the past few years in the life of this congregation and the partnership with St. Andrews, it's Congregational Meeting Sunday. This is at the forefront of my mind. If you think about that, these past few years have been a bit like settling in, building a house, 
fishing a little bit, getting to know the people around us. And now we're beginning to see new excitement and momentum and readiness to dive into new and meaningful ministry. This gospel passage, this moment in Jesus' life, is an awful lot like the moment in our lives together right now. I'm not saying we're Jesus, but if we're supposed to model ourselves after him, let's pay attention even to the parts of the story that seem boring, because not every part of our story will be exciting or miraculous either. This world is a dark and messed up place sometimes. And it's a changing place. It's changing rapidly. The ways people communicate with one another have changed vastly, even in the past decade. Cars are starting to drive themselves. Few people still use cash as a regular payment for things. Sometimes it's hard to tell the difference between change that is just confusing and uncomfortable, but largely okay, and darkness of sin and trouble creeping into the world. And I think that's a lot of the reason why these past few years we've spent together just kind of resetting and settling in and getting to know one another have been so important. And some of us probably need a personal spiritual reset or retreat like Jesus took as well. Call me if you need some help figuring out what that might look like if you are feeling in your soul that you need that reset. And here's the key to why that is so important. It's easy to lose our identity when we are scared. I have been watching this TV show on Animal Planet called My Cat from Hell. Bear with me, this connects. (laughs) It's about a cat behaviorist who helps people who have terrible cats at home, usually mean or destructive cats. It's actually been making me feel a lot better about my sassy little foo-foo. Her catitude issues are chump change compared to the cats on this show. And one thing that, that I find really interesting about it is there seem to be two main issues causing these poor animals their problems. One is boredom and the other is fear. When they are bored, they just tear things up to blow off excess energy. When they are scared, they forget who they are. He talks about how they are made to feel small or compressed and and talks about different ways to draw them out and help them to feel confident again. And these are the ones that are such amazing changes by the end. Once the fear has been dealt with and they've been given the confidence that they need to function, they come out of their shells and you see the wonderful, sweet little companions that they really are deep down inside. The sweet animal that was underneath all along. As Christians, our identity, our vision is key to being able to function in the world. Sometimes we need that reset to remove the fear, to regain our confidence, to prepare ourselves, and to really find our identity. It's key to being able to function in the world and in our ability to engage the people around us. 
one of my commentaries had this great, great uh, section this week. It said, why does Jesus' message about God's kingdom begin with a call to repent? This is a terrible sales strategy. <laughs> you do not make a demand on a customer before you sell them the benefits. I suppose that it worked for Jesus because the listeners already had a solid vision of the benefit. The kingdom of heaven has come near. Very often the church has called people to repentance without making clear the vision of the kingdom of God. The kingdom has been presented as an equivalent to going to heaven after one dies, rather than what it is, the active presence of God in one's life, in the world, and in all creation. As we begin to transition from this retreat time of getting to know each other and settling into the knowledge that God is still with us, regaining confidence, even when something hard has happened, into a season of new ministry and mission, we're having conversations about our identity and vision. Without a strong sense of who we are and why, we can yell, repent, or free food, or all are welcome here, until we are blue in the face, and it will not do anyone any good. The kingdom that Jesus proclaimed and that we are called to proclaim is one of hope in the midst of a world where darkness and sin are always trying to find ways to creep in. That is the sort of good news that encourages people to leave their nets behind and join us on this exciting journey. I will try not to cross over into uh, the yearly pastor's report just yet, but expect throughout this coming year that we'll begin to do some careful and purposeful exploration of our identity. Our identity as a congregation and as a partnership and as individual people. We'll explore our vision and purpose. It's time to drop our nets and move out of Capernaum and into the path of ministry with Jesus and the world around us. And we begin doing that, friends, by finding ways to point out the light and the darkness, seeking it out when times are troubled, pointing it out when we see it in advances in cancer research or enjoying being outside with new knees. There are so many ways that we can see that light in the world around us and point to it to those we come in contact with. Amen.